You're listening to the Nate Lull Podcast. Download each new episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And now, here's Nate. All right, today's episode 126 here on the Nate Lull Podcast. Welcome back. I am your host, of course, Nate Lull. And today on episode 126, I am joined by Sydney Senior Peyton Mosier. It was about halfway through this spring football season when Peyton was just putting up some incredible numbers when I said, you know what, I have to get him on the podcast and, and have a long conversation with him because tremendous young man in the classroom, on the football field, uh, whether he's out in the community, anything. He's just somebody that uh, is a great role model for younger athletes coming up. And I said, I'd love to sit down and talk with him. For only having six football games, the stats that he put up this year were incredible, and we'll tell you all about those during the interview today. Uh, And then in baseball, he's going on to play at SUNY Cortland, which is the best of the best, honestly, for local Division III uh, college baseball, and nationally too. I mean, it's a very well-respected program that a lot of people want to go to, and not a lot of people can get to that level. So wanted to pick his brain on all that, and the biggest takeaway that I got from all of this is that he is just super humble. And uh, and it was great to chat with him here today. I, I think if you're a parent out there, you would want your kid to be like this. Uh, tremendous young man, and uh, it was great talking with him here today. Of course, we have to give a shout out to all our special sponsors here on the Nate Law Podcast. I know we're back into the normal routine of sports now, but these sponsors have signed on and said, hey, these interviews are great and we want to keep uh, allowing you to bring them to the community. So uh, a big thank you to all our sponsors. They include Gavin's Pizzeria of Sydney, NBT Insurance Agency, Delhi Telephone Company, Superior Heating and Air Duct Cleaning of Sydney, NYCM Insurance of Edmiston, Oleout Creek Golf Course in Franklin, Spike's Pizza and Grocery of Edmiston, the Johnston and Stanimer Funeral Home in Morris, Quality Hardwoods and Twin Valley Finish Lumber of Sydney, Marabito Energy Products, New York Pizzeria of New Berlin, Certified Auto Outlet of Oneonta, Clark Sports Center of Cooperstown, Certified Financial Planner Ed Curley, the Delaware National Bank of Delhi, Main Street Paint and Hardware of Sydney, the Franklin Railroad Museum, Benson Agency Real Estate of Oneonta, Huff Ice Cream of Sydney, Marabito Gresham Insurance, Circle of Life Ambulette of Hobart, Echo Brands of Sydney, McCready Motors in Norwich, Cohen and Fraser Builders of Franklin and Unadilla, Waste Recovery Enterprises of Sydney, Preferred Mutual Insurance Company of New Berlin, The Amphenol Corporation of Sydney, Sportsfield Specialties of Delhi, We have SFCU, The Leatherstocking Group of Cooperstown, and The Rinker Insurance Agency of Afton. All right, episode 126 today, again with Sydney senior Peyton Mosier, a three-sport athlete at Sydney, going on to play college baseball at SUNY Cortland. Sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Nate Law Podcast. All right. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Episode 126 today on the Nate Lull Podcast. Of course, I am Nate Lull, and uh, my next guest here today, someone that I think you'll enjoy hearing from, we have Sydney Senior Peyton Mosier in the house. 
here to talk football and baseball and everything else. So, uh, Peyton, thanks for coming in, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. So, first off, you know, it's baseball season, which has to be, I'm assuming, your favorite. But I was kind of wondering halfway through football season, I'm like, man, he's having a really, really good, like, historic football season. Is it a close toss-up for you between football and baseball? Yeah, I'd say it's pretty close. I'd say baseball um, has a little bit of an edge for sure. I've grown up playing both. I love them both, and I enjoy, you know, playing both of them. I mean, with COVID and everything that has been going on uh, and all that taken away, your baseball season last year and then most of the fall was kind of in limbo, and we finally got back into it with basketball, which you are a three-sport athlete at Sydney. We should mention that as well. What was it like when you finally knew that you were going to get to play football, you were going to get to play baseball? There wasn't necessarily a traditional season, but you were going to get to play something. Like, how did that make you feel? It was just such a relief, you know, like you can only, uh, well, I shouldn't say you can only, but, you know, you can only prepare so much and practice so much without having that competition aspect of the sport. So, you know, like any other kid would say, it was just such a relief to know we're going to get sports back, you know, this hard work that we've been putting in, it's going to, you know, pay off eventually. You know, for you, I'm curious your take on this because you're you're kind of a self-motivated guy and we'll talk about all your, your working out and everything that you do. Did you notice like a lot of your teammates or your friends, like as COVID kind of dragged on and we didn't have sports, do you think kids were kind of like, man, like what's the point in working out? Like maybe I should just go get a job. Like what, what did you see from your friends with that? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, a lot of a lot of my friends, you know, they they had a positive a- attitude and, you know, they kept pushing forward and just knew that eventually, you know, there is, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. But um, for sure, there's definitely, you know, numbers did dwindle at times. I think kids question, you know, is all this worth it? Is it is it worth to keep going and whatnot if we're not going to get any reward out of it? I was just so glad, you know, everyone, and rightfully so, made such a big deal about last year's seniors and the way things got cut off and they didn't get the end of basketball season or winter sports and then they didn't get anything in the spring. And I kept thinking, boy, I feel bad for your class, the class of 21. Like they right. might get a whole year without anything. So it's been been so good to see you guys back out there. But definitely. So, you know, baseball, What 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 is it about baseball that makes it your favorite sport? Well, you know, it's, the first sport I started playing, um, starting with t-ball and whatnot, I didn't start playing football till fifth grade. So baseball is really the first sport I started playing. Um, my dad coached it, and uh, I love watching baseball, especially at a high level, you know, whether it's college. Uh, I love going to the Rumble Ponies games, um, MLB. I'm a big Red Sox fan. Oh, there so, you go. Yeah, so I just I love watching baseball, and, you know, that kind of motivated me just to, you know, excel and just play the game. Is it tough being a Sox fan around here? Because everyone's, you know, so so Yankees, I feel like. Yeah, when uh, when it's going good for the Sox, it's <laughs> definitely uh, fun to be able to have a conversation with a Yankee fan. But when it's going bad, you, you'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> what about your dad? Is he also a yeah, Sox fan? he's also a Sox fan. That's awesome. So, like you said, playing for your dad growing up, that, you know, that tight relationship that you guys have. What's that like, that father-son dynamic playing for your dad? He's always around your games, even if he's not your coach, like at this moment. Uh, I like to talk to dads and, and also sons or daughters who, who play with their parent as a coach. Like, is that hard for you at times or, or not? Uh, I didn't think it was too hard. You know, like it's a sport. It's You're going to have ups and downs. But in the end, you know, you're always going to have your parents there for you and whatnot. So uh, they def- they'll definitely be hard on you as a coach and just in general. 
you know, all the athletes kind of say like, well, it's great, but they kind of like dad, dad or mom can kind of, you know, pick on me a little bit more because they know yeah. I can take it, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, I mean like, uh, you know, with Liam and his dad, like they were, uh, they obviously have a great relationship and, you know, it showed in practice, but he was also, you know, hard on him at times and yeah. as he, you know, should. Was there a moment you talked about, you know, playing from T-ball up? Was there a, a moment, you know, one of the, one of those youth games, a little league game, something like that that sticks out to you where you were like, this is the game for me? Um, I mean, I'd say so. Like, like, you know, football and baseball, I really enjoy both of them. And I just enjoyed playing the sport and whatnot. Was there a moment when you said, hey, I want to try to do this at the next level? Like you said, you love high-level baseball. Was there a time where you were like, I need to try to see how far I can take this. Yeah, um, I'd say I came to Sydney coming in in my ninth grade season. And that summer, I played summer ball. And I, I really enjoyed that. And then I was going to play varsity my freshman year. And Coach Kozak, you know, he saw me and he says, you're going to play college ball one day. And that really, you know, that kind of motivated me. That's and, high praise from him. Yeah, yeah it, it kind of opened my eyes and like made me realize that, you know, this is something I could do. And Obviously, all my coaches at Sydney, they're very supportive, but he's the one who's kind of uh, helped me a lot in terms of my long-term game. You know, speaking of the Kozaks, like pretty much Sydney baseball royalty around here. I mean, those guys are, are held in such high regard and they, and they give back to the community and it's it's awesome. Just, I mean, with their time, always willing to work with players. What's that been like for you to have a younger guy around that played college ball and it's not that far removed from it, kind of giving you advice. Has that been key for you over the years? Yeah, it's great. I mean, younger coaches, they can definitely relate to the younger generation. And he just brings, he's a huge baseball guy. He's got so much knowledge that he brings with him from, you know, playing Division Two down in South Carolina. And so he brings a lot, especially in terms of hitting. So for you, you are committed. You're going to SUNY Cortland, which, I mean, a lot of people know, but in case you don't, it's I would say one of the top D3 uh, baseball programs in the Northeast, definitely in New York State. And I, I talked to so many guys who were like, you know, they just want to go to Cortland, period, for, for the academics and for the sports. But so many guys want to play baseball there, and it, it, doesn't, it doesn't happen because their team is that good. I mean, they get transfers from all over and from a higher level that come back to play at Cortland. They get the best of the best from high school and prep schools. So I've I've talked to a lot of local guys over the years who are like, well, I talked to the Cortland coach, they like me, but they want me to go play two years somewhere and then maybe try to come in, maybe I'll get a spot. A lot of maybes. Mm -hmm. But here you are, man, you're you got the call, you're in. Like, what was it about Cortland and what was the recruiting process like? Well, I ultimately I went with Cortland cuz one they did, they have what I want and um I really like Coach Brown there. He was so genuine throughout the whole recruiting recruiting process. I visited him. I visited Cortland once with my father, and uh, we really liked it. Coach Brown, he was he was great, and um, obviously the baseball program is phenomenal there, and so that's also a huge plus. But Coach Brown, he was so genuine. I had that first visit, and then he was willing to do another visit with me because. Um, it was really something that I was considering at the time, and my mother wanted to come up, and he did another visit with us. Nice. And so it was just, it was just really nice. I liked the campus a lot. The recruiting process, I think a lot of 2021s can speak to this, is uh, there was so much uncertainty. You know, you talk to a coach, and they just, they just don't know if they have enough room. They don't know what guys they have coming back because the NCAA, they gave another year of eligibility. So there's kind of like a log jam. 
and uh, just a lot of coaches were just uncertain if they can even bring in 2021s. But um, Coach Brown said at Cortland they're losing, you know, four outfielders, and that's what they need at the time. So, so they want you in the outfield, yeah, at least like, to start. Most likely, yeah. Did they give you any kind of expectation coming in? Like, I, and maybe it's too early to say that, but I'm always curious at a program like that. Like, they're deep at every position, right? Right, and, and all these guys that go there or want to go there, the vibe I've always gotten is like, well, you need to work on X, Y, Z. Like, I didn't know if they would give you any type of indication like hey we like these this skill set that you have and we think you fit here and you could get on the field right away or maybe you're gonna have to work at it for a while like any indication like that well um, Cortland, you know they're very competitive so i think right now the message is you know um come in just work hard and then uh fight for a spot the thing is about Cortland is um i want to go somewhere i'm going to compete you know and Cortland, they compete both within pra- within practice, within games, just in all aspects. I want to go somewhere where I'm compete. I went, to, I visited some schools where you know they would tell me I'd come in and I'd start, but you know I I wanted to go somewhere really where they're going to be competitive year round. Where else? Uh, I guess we can ask this at this point. Like, where else were you looking? Where else were you considering? Um, I was considering Brockport. Um, another good school. Yeah. I visited Sage. They have a brand new program starting in 2021. Um, I also visited Elmira. And then I got looks at for football. The only school I visited for football, though, was St. John Fisher. And I I was considering that I liked it there. I was curious if football was on the table or not. Football was on the table. I think there was one point where last year I lost my junior season. I had a junior season for football, and, you know, usually in terms of recruiting, your junior season is your uh, biggest year. So um, I was considering football at one point. I, I'm sure you followed me on Twitter. I was posting some football stuff, yeah. some baseball stuff. I so you were kind of leaning that way for a while, yeah. Yeah, honestly, at one point I was like, you know, I don't have this junior year for baseball. Maybe football is the way to go. You know, I, lo- I like them both a lot. So I was considering football for sure, and I pursued both preparing for anything, weighing my options out. I've been surprised at how many guys have sat right where you're sitting here on the podcast who were great football players who were like, you know, just in terms of my physical health, I wasn't sure if playing at the next level was the right the right move. But like, did that come into it all? Like, I'm going to probably play, uh, stay pretty healthy playing baseball, but football, you just don't know. Like, Yeah, that did come into play for sure. Like, um, just at the high school level, you'll you'll ask anyone. They'll, they'll be sore for days. Um, you'll see long-term injuries. My dad, he had a bad knee in, in, injury, and he uh, had a knee replacement a couple of years ago. So, yeah, physically it definitely came into play. Baseball is a little – takes a little bit less of a toll on your body. So that definitely came into play. I was curious, and now that football is over, we can ask you this. Like, were you – I mean, because at QB this year for Sydney, you were running the ball a lot. And there was a lot of times that you just had to tuck it and run. And so you were taking a lot of physical abuse. Were you nervous at all going into the season? Like, all right, we're going to play six football games. There's no playoffs. I want to play because I love it. It's my senior year, but I got a baseball future. Like, were you nervous at all about getting injured? Honestly, no, I wasn't. Well, I shouldn't say that. I I was, you know, a little nervous just because you don't want to lose your senior baseball season. But just this whole year... You know, with all the uncertainty, this is everyone's last chance, at least for seniors to play. So I just wanted to, I wanted to play. I wanted to be out there. I wanted to compete. I wanted to be out there with the guys. And I just wanted to 
play my best football possibly because, you know, it was the last chance I was going to get. You certainly did. <laughs> so we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. I, I wanted to go back to your baseball recruiting. And one thing I've been trying to ask everybody that comes in is about the recruiting process because I've said this a million times here on the podcast, but I feel like there are some athletes that just think a college coach is just going to knock on your front door and be like, come to my school. And especially here in our small communities, that's never going to happen. And you did a really good job of your social media, putting yourself out there, PBR events, all of that stuff. What do you think was the key? And like, where did you first connect with Cortland? Like, how did you get on their radar? Well, I first connected with Cortland when I went to a PBR summer event. And that's when Coach Brown first saw me. And then he wanted me to come to a visit. And so I went up to that visit. And eventually I did a camp. And he just said he really liked me. He was going to recruit me hard. And um, that's kind of where I first got the interest from Cortland. And also some, I think that's where I got most of my interest, honestly. I didn't have too much conversation with coaches until I went to that PBR event. And, you know, that definitely really helped me. Yeah, PBR, for anyone who doesn't know, is a prep baseball report. They do these great showcases and events all over the state and really all over the Northeast, and a lot of guys are going to them now. I mean, I've talked about it with a few guests, but right, I mean, anyone can go. You can just go sign up, pay the fee, and I mean, you go, and these events are coaches are there, or they're sending out videos and social media tweets and all sorts of stuff. So you think that was a key part of your recruiting? I do think, especially baseball-wise, it was a key part of my recruiting because that's when I started to have coaches reach out to me. But um, recruiting around here, like you mentioned, it, it is tough. Like you, you have to get your name out there. You have to reach out. So, yeah, I did Twitter. I would post, you know, stuff that, you know, I was doing well, workouts and whatnot. But then I'd also, I'd type up emails and I would just send out, emails to coaches and you know most of the time all you'd get back was hey thanks for the email come to my camp and you know pay this amount of yeah, money right. <laughs> and i mean that's just not too personal but at least you know you know you got their attention yeah and then they might possibly be uh looking at you down the line and see what you do so definitely you know you got to send out those emails because you might be a great talent and at some time sometimes yeah they are gonna uh, reach out to you but a lot of times, especially around here, you got to just get your name out there and get the attention. Yeah. I mean, you have to do that stuff. You just, it's, it's the number one thing. And I don't think it's any disrespect from these coaches, but they just don't have the time to go to everybody's high school games. And even if they have a full staff, say it's a bigger school and they have assistance, you know, to, to get to our area, you're going to have to make a trip. And it's not in anyone's backyard, really, unless you're a Oneana or somebody like that who's recruiting locally. So it, it's on you to to make those video clips and send them out there and, and do all those things. So I think that's the number one thing I've learned from having college coaches in here and uh, different athletes. They're like, the work's on you. You got to fill out the questionnaires and all that stuff that you're yeah. like, I don't have time to do this today. Like, it's the only way you're going to get on the radar. So yeah, definitely. It uh, and and the social media piece is huge too. Just having like a clean, good looking, um, you know, Twitter account where people can see stats, GPA. Like, did you think about that at all? I've talked to like Kyler Butts from UV. He's going to Fisher to play football, and um, Ethan Reed from Windsor. Like those guys were all like, yeah, I tried to make sure that like my Twitter was real clean and and nice. And did you do you think about that at all? Oh yeah, definitely. Like uh, the stuff you do on social media, people, everyone, everyone can see it. So yeah. it's definitely important that you have, you know, 
especially if you want to play a college sport, it's important that you have a clean social media and just uh, stuff that coaches want to see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm amazed at, uh, you know, not that I ever talk to a ton of them, but I will have random college assistants follow me. And I know that they're just looking for my posts about scores and maybe something's going to jump off the page at them and they click on your profile and you want that thing to look good and not, not full of uh, full of junk. So uh, remember that if you're listening out there, keep that social media clean. So going back to Cortland, what do you want to study? I want to study uh, exercise science and I eventually would uh, become an uh, athletic trainer for a team or something. Um, I've also considered physical education and then I'd, you know, be a teacher and then I want to get into coaching. I mean, great program there for both of those. So now your dad is a PE teacher, right? At, at BG or he was, he was, he wasn't a PE teacher. He, uh, he was a elementary teacher. Gotcha. So gotcha. he did okay. elementary education but, right right now. He's subbing at, uh, Sydney doing PE. So. Oh, gotcha. But I mean, years of coaching and teaching. So kind of following your dad's footsteps, maybe that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, definitely cool. So let's talk about football. Heck of a year. Let's talk about senior year here. Let's see. 1,112 rushing yards, 23 rushing TDs, 984 passing yards. You needed like one more long pass, right? (laughs) And 11 touchdowns. Did you ever dream that you would have a senior season like that? Uh, No, I I wouldn't say I dreamed of having a season like that. Like I really – I never really realized – the season until you know afterwards like i'm not really one to like follow stats during the season it's something that you know i'll look at at the end of the season and reflect on so now it seemed like from game one you guys start with a tough one right off the bat against uh harpersville afton and it just seemed like week after week sydney got better and better and it was like the offense was unstoppable and you guys were putting up a ton of points did you feel like as you guys got into your rhythm things just really started to click yeah i think one thing about having the spring season is we didn't get to have the seven on sevens and the preseason camps and stuff like that that we normally have. But um, this team, they just stayed positive throughout everything. And uh, we just kept practicing harder and harder. And I think that is really what helped pay off. So I was just looking today, you guys put up uh, 266 points and it was only a six game season. So uh, remember that all those stats that I just said about you are only in six games, whereas normally you would have at least probably eight or nine and then plus playoffs, hopefully. But so you guys scored the most points in section four of any D team. You had 20 more points in Delhi. And I mean, Delhi was, I think, arguably one of the best teams in class D in the section this year. And they were putting up a ton of points yeah. and you guys outscored them. And a big piece of that was your running and, and your throwing. So I was curious because it's fun to watch you as as an announcer. You don't know if you're going to pass or throw. So <laughs> how much of that is just you reading the play or do you know most of the time, hey, I'm going to take off, hey, I'm going to throw, or is it a split-second decision? Well, um, it kind of is – Coach Zern does a great job at uh, teaching the reads and whatnot. Almost every single play I had the option to either tuck in, run, or um, – like a read option, or if I'm scrambling, you know, if I see green grass, Coach Zern basically said, you know, take off, because if there's green grass, it means guys are covered, and usually I feel pretty comfortable taking the free safety one-on-one. Um, so Zern does a great job at teaching the reads, and uh, basically if I see green grass, that's when I know I can take off. You talked about Coach Zern, obviously great high school career at Sydney, 
wins a state championship, has a ton of records here for rushing and touchdowns and goes on, has a great career at Brockport. And now he's back here and he's your offensive coordinator. So this was your first year kind of stepping into the quarterback role. How much different was it this year? And and what was that relationship working with him one-on-one and kind of getting to see the magic of things that he puts together? Well, I give him a lot of credit. He's had to teach the quarterback position for three straight years now. <laughs> right, yeah. But Coach Zern, he's great. He really, he loves the game. He's so competitive. You know, he gets the guys fired up. Playing quarterback, yeah, it was an adjustment, but he made it easy because he knows what the reads are, you know, what your drop should be, how soon the ball should come out and whatnot. So he really knows the offense. He's mastered the quick offense that we run the spread. And uh, he always calls a great game, and he's he's got a great uh, football mind. Now, I mean, t- to outsiders, and I think most people that know Coach Zern, they would agree he's a quiet guy. He doesn't say a whole lot, you know, kind of stern in a way. Like, it, it, it's funny as a media guy talking to him because he just doesn't say a whole lot. Like, do you feel like you get to know him on a whole other level because you're so in-depth with figuring these plays out and that communication has to be really crisp? Yeah, definitely. I mean, Coach Zern, he doesn't necessarily want the spotlight on him. You know, he is kind of a quiet guy. But uh, when you get to know him, he's really friendly and he uh, he makes practice fun for sure. And, uh, you know, when he needs to be serious, he's serious. And when we're having fun and working hard in practice, that he has fun. We were just talking before we jumped on the air. We think you beat his single season rushing touchdown record by one right? 2022 20, to 21. Is that what we were saying? I think so. Something like that. I should have pulled it up here, but uh, I'm not sure exactly. you think you're going to bust on him a little bit? or? <laughs> eh, I mean, he's a Cowboy fan, so I might bust on him for yeah, that a little bit. That's, that's but, the worst part. Cowboy fan. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, not not a huge deal. I mean, like I said, yeah, both the uh, Sydney guys. So That's what makes you special, man. Um, that's a really cool record. Could stand for a long time, but you you aren't a stats guy. You just wanted Sydney to go out there and win. So uh, definitely love to see that. Speaking of Coach Zern, of course, head coach, Coach Matthews, coming to Sydney, jumping right in, freshman year, playing football. What was that like playing for Coach Matthews, your relationship with him? Uh, just another guy who has a great mind for the game. Yeah, Coach Matthews, he's a great head coach, and he's a great person as well. He's uh Every day, you know, he brings a positive attitude and energy to practice. Um, great defensive mind, and he's he's he leads by example. You know, he has a lot of fun, and he uh, definitely knows what he's talking about for sure. I was trying to think back when you first got here. It would have been you and Liam and Darren would have been quarterback. Is that right? Yes, Darren was quarterback. I can remember you guys. One of the first times I can remember seeing you play. Did they not, were you not on varsity right away? I played modified A when I was in ninth grade and then I came up for playoffs. Because I I remember being at Binghamton High School and it must have been a playoff game and they brought you up. Is that right? Yep. I don't know who you guys were playing, like Seton or somebody maybe. We played Green. Green. And then we, and then we played Tioga in the finals. Yes. So they brought you up and, uh, you know, I can remember Coach Matthew saying and, and, the whole t- the whole thing at that moment was how fast Liam was. And Coach Matthews pulled me aside and he goes, if we have Liam and Peyton do like a 50-yard dash, he goes, it's it's close. It's really close. So, like, is that something you guys would do is have these, like, little races in practice? Or, like, how did, how did that kind of develop, I guess? Yeah, so preseason, uh, 
we'd go to workouts and there was times where Liam and I would have, you know, competitions, you know, he'd win, win some, I'd win some, but, um, probably what was the best thing about playing for Liam with me was, uh, for me was the competition, you know, um, whether it was one-on-ones, a scrimmage, individual, I was always paired up with Liam and I was always, you know, trying to match his level of play. And so that definitely helped me defensively was guarding him. And then offensively, you know, yeah. he, he led by example and he always brought so many, uh, you know, tips and advice to offensive. How hard is that to try to, to try to mark him on defense? It, it was definitely tough. I mean, I think it got, I got easier for me, uh, as the years went on, but, um, yeah, it was definitely a challenge, but I, I liked it. He's just so quick, lanky. Like you know, it's uh, it's got to be hard. I can't wait to see what he does at Cornell yeah. when he finally gets to step out there and play. Did you ever? I mean, did you ever think about doing track? Honestly, I mean, you are fast. I think it's something that has made you so successful in football and baseball. And coaches everywhere talk about it. I mean, was there ever even a split second where you're like, I wonder what I could do in a hundred yard dash? Yeah, I mean, I've thought about you know if I'd be you know good at it or not, but I'm never really uh, considered competing in it. I guess. It's one thing, like for me as a media guy, I'm always like, I'd love to throw this really fast athlete in a track race or or something, you know, have you play another sport to see how you would do at it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it would be, it'd be pretty interesting for sure. I mean, if I could pop over in a meet and just, you know, do this quick event, yeah. I'd, I'd see how I could do. I think that would be great. Some of the smaller schools have started to do that. Like mm-hmm. if you're a baseball guy, um, you pretty much have to prioritize like baseball's one, track's two. But if there was a track meet, not a baseball game, and it worked out, like you could go run your events and then go back to baseball practice or whatever. Like, I hope that as schools are continuing to kind of maybe struggle for numbers, they'll let athletes do that. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, how cool would that be to see you're at baseball practice or something, you come over, you run 100-meter dash, 200-meter dash, go back to practice. Like, I think that would be... That'd be odd. It's like, you know, yeah, watching DK Metcalf in that yeah. in that hundred that he just did against Olympic guys. It's like you just that's on stuff I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. So one thing I've noticed about you over COVID is I mean, you've always been a fast, strong athlete, but like what did you do during quarantine, man? Because you came back and it was like, <laughs> Okay, all right. He definitely got stronger and you like just look bigger and stronger and faster. Yeah, well, I mean, uh COVID, I I ate a lot for sure. And then, uh, but I, I worked out every single day, you know, down in my basement, I had a squat rack and a bench and I would work out. I do body weight workouts and whatnot. And then eventually I outgrew those. So I got a gym membership once gym opened, opened up down at my home gym and, uh, me and a couple guys on the football team, you know, Ian, John, Mark, Alec, Cameron, uh, Anthony Morris. Um, you've seen him playing tennis. Yeah. He, he goes there. The whole crew. Wow. So, yeah. So we got a whole squad to go down to my home gym and we all lifted together once gyms opened up. But before that, um, along with working on my basement, I would go to the track because my, my father, he'd go and he'd walk and I'd go with him every day and I would, I would run a mile or so, mile or two. And then, um, I do field work, you know, ladders, um, we throw the football and I kind of knew I was going to play quarterback. So I would, uh, start throwing the ball and whatnot. So I do field work and then baseball wise, I'd go down to the general Clinton park and I'd hit in the batting cage. My dad would throw me BP. I do, uh, J bands, which are resistant 
resistance oh, yeah, yeah. bands or like yeah. baseball specific bands. I do those and I do long toss. So that's what I did uh, for baseball and football. And then also eventually uh, we would get guys together and kind of put on our own seven on seven down at the Bainbridge field. That's awesome. Do you have any, any way during quarantine to like hit at home? Coach was telling me one day that like you spend a lot of time in, in the, maybe it was just you going to the cage, but that you spend a lot of time every day getting a certain number of hits in a certain number of swings, anything like that. Um, yeah, I would try to get like a hundred swings in a day down in my basement. I got a, uh, tee in a net. And so that was kind of a goal I set for myself was to get a hundred swings in a day. Um, that's one thing I did at home was just hit off the tee in the, into the net. And then I'd go down to the park and use the batting cage. Having not played in a while, getting back to playing baseball this year, has it been weird to step in against live pitching again? I mean, it's been a while. Oh yeah, for sure. Like even at the PBR event, we did a live scrimmage and it was my first time seeing live pitching since last summer, <laughs> right. the previous summer before that. So that was definitely tough. And, you know, this year it was uh, tough because I'm coming right from football, you know, yeah. like we'd have preseason practice and I would be, you know, kind of exhausted from football practice. And then we played Del High on a Saturday, turn around, have be baseball practice on Sunday. And, you know, it was it was definitely an adjustment. I'm still getting, you know, adjusted after yeah. that long football season. Do you have any plans to play baseball this summer? Yep. Um, I'm going to play uh, right in Sydney. Coach is putting a 19U team together. So we'll be playing uh, awesome. Legion. It's funny because I've had um, a couple coaches around ask what you were doing for the summer. <laughs> mm -hmm. A couple of the travel teams that I cover. Uh, so I was like, I'll have to ask you what you were, what you were up to. It's good. It's great that you can play all summer. Yeah, definitely. It's awesome. We played, uh, one thing we did is we had a fall league and, uh, yeah. we played that, uh, that pony league we played. That was a huge. Fall team. Yeah. That was, that was a lot of fun. That gave us something to do during the fall. And then we got some of those, uh, like Caleb, Caden, Chris, yeah. those guys, we got them from deposit Hancock and we're hoping they play with us again this summer. And, uh, we also got some of those Franklin kids to play with us. Yeah. Uh, it's Man. awesome to see that, you know, the Franklin guys, they didn't have enough for a team. They're at Unitigo. They're playing really well right. with the Unitigo guys. Um, DH is killing it, as mm -hmm. always. I just found out today that DH scheduled a, a non-leaguer early in June with Cooperstown. Mm -hmm. I think that'll be a really good game. Uh, yeah. Two really good teams going yeah, at it. Sure. Tigo's been playing great. You guys are right mm -hmm. in the hunt, so... Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to the summer playing with all those guys again. Yeah. It was a, it was a fun fall league. So, before we leave, I just want to jump back to to football one more time. You had two really crazy games this year. Well, there was a bunch of really good games, but first, you beat Oneana sixty to fifty four. You guys score with what two seconds left? One second left. Mm -hmm. You had six rushing touchdowns, two hundred and seventeen yards rushing, two hundred and twenty yards passing, and three TDs. I mean, that game was nuts. Like, what was that yeah. like to play in a game like that? Well, first of all, it was pretty hot. So, uh, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of guys, um, you know, needed water at water breaks and whatnot. And it, was, it was exhausting. We were also limited on guys because we had people quarantined or hurt. You know, we lost Ian early in the mm -hmm. long game. That game, it was, it was a long game, a lot of offense, but we'd score and then they'd score. And so we just kind of had to, you know, respond to – all their scoring and whatnot, and our guys, they, they stuck through it. It was tough. We, we certainly did not want it to go to overtime. <laughs> did it feel like whoever got the ball last was going to win? 
Yeah, I, I'd say so. I mean, they got the ball and they went down and scored, and there was what, like, I want to say a minute and thirty left or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And so we went ahead. We ran our two minute offense, and uh, our guys, you know, they didn't they didn't break. I mean, they were comfortable, and I think that comes from practice. You know, we put ourselves in difficult positions in practice so that it comes easier in the game. So I mean. Two minute offense. That's something we practice, and our guys were comfortable. We had some a uh, couple passes to the flat. Guys got out of bounds, and then uh, got down to the two yard line. I remember coach called eleven Redskin fullback, which was a uh, that was to me. And uh, normally I'd fake it to Zach, and then I'd take it in. But I told Zach I was like, no, just just run. I got this. And so uh, <laughs> so he just he kind of just took off, and I just followed him and. I went through pretty much untouched. So yeah, that was uh, a crazy game to yeah. watch. And then fast forward, what I think two weeks later was your last game of the year with Delhi. Yep. And unfortunately, you guys fall. But I mean, it was seventy-two to fifty-four, and you again had a crazy day: four rushing touchdowns, two hundred and four yards on the ground, three passing touchdowns, two hundred and seventeen yards passing. You guys were up big at not big at halftime, but you had a nice lead. And I think that shocked a lot of people because Delhi had really been killing everybody. And you guys go over there on their home field, and you kind of had them on the ropes there. It was a good game. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm not going to lie. That Delhi game, we didn't want to win any game more than that Delhi game. Oh, just be, Just because they you know, were undefeated, and it was our last game ever. It was going to be at their place. We wanted to spoil their undefeated season. And... um you know, we had a we had a great first half. We did everything right, and uh, in the second half, it kind of just slipped away. They made some adjustments on defense, started to get some stops, and then um, their offense just started to explode towards the sec- in the second half. They just have so many weapons, yeah. right? Like on defense, what was the game plan to try to stop? They could run, they could pass, they can do a little bit of everything. Well, uh, obviously, yeah, they can run. They got Alex, who you know he's a great athlete, and. Uh, the whole week of practice, um, we had someone who was Alex, and I would follow him around. So the the goal was to keep me on the same side of him. But the problem is that Delhi they like to motion him, so he'd always go across the field and he'd be on the other side or whatnot. But they just they have a, a great scheme and um, a lot of weapons. I mean, Luke he's he's a great quarterback. He throws the ball very well. And then uh, obviously, if they weren't passing it, they were running it, and they. Uh, they did a pretty good job. I think yeah. we did a pretty good job stopping them, you know, up the middle. But when they had, you know, Alex going on the sweeps it's tough. or uh, some of the outside passes, that's where, you know, they started to get us. What was the experience like of, of trying to guard Alex and, and keep up with him? I mean, he's he's big, he's strong, he's fast. He's, he's just like you, maybe just a little taller, right? I mean, uh, that's two really good athletes going one-on-one. What was the experience like? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I loved it because, you know, like I said, I like the competitive nature, you know, he's a good athlete. And so, uh, I would follow him around and, uh, just <laughs> try to take him down. Yeah. It was, uh, I would say right now, I mean, you, you guys are two of the most explosive, fast athletes in the area. So both going on to, uh, to do big things next year, hoping to get him, him in here to talk sometime. He's going to prep school next year and kind of pick his brain on, uh, on the future. So what do you think you're going to miss most about Sydney and football and baseball, basketball. What do you think you're going to miss most about it? Uh, just you know the the Sydney family. You know it's a pretty it's pretty tight. Everyone you know knows everyone. Everyone's 
friendly and supportive. Obviously, I'll see him on break, but I'll miss my friends, you know, all the coaches and whatnot. Football, you know, I'll miss Friday Night Lights, you know, going out there with all the guys. Baseball, I'll miss, you know, just going out there, having fun during the games, yeah. practice, and yeah. What do you think you're looking forward to the most for Cortland? Like, when you when you look forward, what's the thing you're kind of like, I can't wait to get there and do this? Well, I mean, I'm excited just, you know, have a change of scenery, uh, kind of the independent part of college. And then in, tor- in terms of uh, baseball, I'm looking forward to seeing what that next level is like. So you didn't always go to Sydney. You were a, a BG guy, and you came here in ninth grade, which I think – I wanted to ask you this because that's a tough time to move. You know, you're just getting into high school. You got your core group of friends from growing up and boom, change of scenery for you. So what was that experience like moving here, meeting new people? Did you already kind of know these people because Sydney and Bainbridge are so close? And was it a tough adjustment? So when I came to Sydney, I was like anyone else. I was a new kid. I didn't really know too many people or whatnot. So, um, we had modified football, and that preseason started, and that's when I met a lot of uh, a lot of my friends because I'm on the football team. And um, from there, I just went to school, and I would hang out around those guys, and I started meeting more and more people. And then, probably like the third quarter or so, I started to feel, you know, I want to say the third quarter, probably like you know the second quarter. Or so I started to get a lot more comfortable. You know, I knew most of the most of the kids and uh, teachers and whatnot. And then it was it was hard, you know, leaving Bainbridge just because I had so many yeah. friends and, you know, a lot of great teachers and whatnot. Is it weird playing BG now? Like, those are all your guys still. I'm, I'm assuming you're still friends with all those guys. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't, I don't hold any grudges against Bainbridge. Like, you know, some people think, you know, it's Bainbridge. I want to, you know, kind of go harder, I guess, in those games. Yeah, right. But, I mean, I take every game, you know, the same for the most part. I everyone's tough. So Bainbridge, I mean, I enjoy playing them just cause you know, I know all those guys and you know, it's nice to see them and whatnot. Yeah. It's, uh, it's great. I think it was a good move for you. It's obviously worked out great and, uh, and the future is bright. So, well, I think we've made it to the two fun wrap up questions here. So, um, first off favorite local spot to eat. What's your go-to local spot to eat? Um, I like going to sundown golf course in Guilford. It's pretty close to me. So I like going there. I don't know if you consider it local, but I love going down to Tully's in Vestal. Yeah, there just you go. I love their chicken tenders. So yeah, that's those, two, those places. Nobody has said Tully's. That's a that's a really good call. For I sure. like that. Yeah, that's local enough. That works. All right. And what are you watching? You know, TV, movies, Netflix. You know, we, this was kind of our original quarantine question because when we first started doing this, we couldn't even have these interviews in person. We were doing them on Skype and the phone and. Uh, we've come so far since then, but everybody was inside locked up watching something. So what is your show right now? Right now, I'm not watching anything right at the moment. However, a couple months ago, I got into Breaking Bad. Yes. I'm <laughs> literally watching it right now. Yeah. It's so good. It's probably my favorite TV show of all time. Really? Honestly. Like I, I really enjoyed watching it. So I watched Breaking Bad. I'll probably rewatch it at some point. I'm about I, halfway. Yeah. Oh, it's really good. You're You're just hitting the... Yeah. There's a lot more to come. I thought it started kind of slow, but everyone's like, just stick with it, stick with it. and Me too. I thought it started slow, but uh, the last couple of seasons, it really starts to yeah. get good. I just sure. I didn't watch it when it first came out. Me neither. And it's always something I've uh, meant to get into, but yeah, so, it just gets crazier and crazier. <laughs> yeah. So I watched Breaking Bad and then I uh, 
I watched the prequel, Better Call Saul. And I love that, you know, almost just as much. So. Really? Yeah. I was really thinking good. that uh, once I get through it, I should watch that. And, yeah. And if you like Saul, it's a great show. I love Saul. Yeah. He's probably one of my favorite characters in there. When they first brought him in, I was kind of like, is this guy going to be around for a while? Is he not? But yeah. he always just says wacky stuff. And, yeah, he's and my I love favorite it. character. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I uh, it, That show is interesting because I either really like a character or I can't stand him. Yeah. Uh, and it's weird. Like most shows, I'm not like that, but sometimes I'm just like, I can't, I can't deal with that character right now, or I love that character. So what character? I don't like his wife. His me wife neither. drives me no. nuts. I'm no. like, God, just give the guy a break. Like, yeah. No, like, I, I, I'm not a huge Skylar fan yeah. either. I mean, I think, but she's supposed to be like that. Like right. that, that's what her character is. But it's funny you say that. Cause I'll see TikToks of like people saying like, I don't like Skylar. Yeah. She's the worst character. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like, especially when they were kind of like just going through the divorce um, or when they got separated, I guess, like she was just so kind of mean to him. Yeah. And that when he throws that pizza up on the roof, that just killed me. Cause I was like, I totally get that. Like in that moment, I was just, he was just, he'd had it. Chuck's this pizza up on the roof. Yeah. So that's kind of, I'm not far after that right now. That's, that's about where I'm at right. with, with games and stuff. Sometimes it's hard to sit down. Oh, yeah. I get home at night and there's a million scores to catch up on. So I don't get to go through it as fast as I as I want to, but yeah. we're getting there. Yeah, lately I've just been going home and washing the socks. I haven't really yeah. uh, I haven't started uh, binging anything yet. Yeah, it's nice to have sports kind of regular, like a regular schedule back again. It's uh, it's yeah. great. Back when quarantine, like everything was so eerie because you know, we'd go on TV and there's no sports. No like, sports. That's like all my dad and I watched. So we were like, what are we going to watch now? Yeah, it was a strange time. I mean, I was so thankful that stuff like the last dance came out and yep. you know some different things tiger like king. that yeah tiger king it was like i'd never been so excited to watch tv before yeah. <laughs> with no games it was like okay all right i'm gonna go home and watch this so well hey man thank you for coming in thanks for talking about all this did we miss anything i don't think so i don't I think so appreciate you having me and it was a lot of fun yeah definitely a lot of fun can't wait to see what happens uh rest of this baseball season this summer and then off to Cortland, man. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be great. I'm yep. excited because, you know, Cortland's not that far. But also, when you're in Oneonta or something like that, can right. come watch a game, uh, see some other locals that are playing. So right. So that'll be great. But well, thanks again, man. Yeah, thank you. Episode 126 here today on the podcast again with Sydney senior Peyton Mosier. Again, a big thank you to him. Head back in the archives. We've talked to Coach Matthews. We've talked to Coach Brzee. Tons of other Sydney people and. A long way to go, too. The list is never-ending here on the podcast, so make sure you check back. Again, episode 126 today. We'll see you next time on the Nate Lowell Podcast. You've been listening to the Nate Lowell Podcast. Download each new episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.